In seeking the Lord about this week and about this meeting, the Lord quickened the scripture to me in Psalm 78 that deals with God being limited. Now, some people would tell you, well, you can't limit God. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. You can't limit God. But you know, you got what men think and you got the Word of God. And uh, how many want to choose the Word of God? Psalm 78, 41 says, well, actually verse 40, we should read. Verse 40 says, how often did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Now, I think sometimes people only uh, think of this in the sense of being angered. It didn't say angry. God does get angry. He did get angry with them at times. But provoke and grieved. Grieved is not the same as angered. And uh, you want to think as a parent. The very next verse says what they do. They turned back and tempted God and did what? They limited the Holy One of Israel. Now what would grieve a parent more, a father more, a mother more, than if they had overwhelming ability to help their child and bless their child and the child would not let them, would not allow them, limited them from doing it. Would that grieve a loving father our loving mother. And I believe that's what we see here. And that's what I sensed as we sought the Lord about this meeting is that uh, our mission, our uh, objective here this week was to yield to the Spirit of God, you and me, and allow Him to show us and minister to us so that limitations were removed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody in, in agreement with that? You, you desire. Limitations were removed. Amen. And one of the big limitations that we've seen is envy. Envy. We went back and, and saw Genesis, the fourth chapter, where that Cain and Abel brought offerings to the Lord. And the Lord did not respect nor receive Cain's offering. But, uh, and it didn't, the scripture didn't say anything about descriptive of Cain's offering, just said he brought an offering. But Abel, it gives you some detail. He brought fluffy. 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 He brought the best he had. He brought the fat. He brought the prize. And uh, the Bible said the Lord was, he received and had respect unto Abel's offering. Does the Lord receive all offerings? No, he does not. Even though people might receive them, that doesn't mean automatically that he received them. And the thing is, what would uh, cause him not to receive someone's offering? Well, it's what we saw there in Psalm 78 when it said they limited God. Two different times in that same psalm, it said their heart was not right with him. That's what limits God. You're not going to get in big trouble with God because of some technicality or because of some ignorant mistake. Now, you can get in some trouble, but I'm talking about personally with him in your relationship. He holds us accountable for the light we have, right? 
And uh, you and I are never going to be perfect in knowledge in this world, in this life. We know in part. You know, I, I said something uh, oh, a few months ago in a conference that uh, some people did not understand. I made this statement, I believe the Lord gave it to me, that the, um, the spirit of a person is more important than their doctrine. <laughs> I had some folks that considered themselves to be theologians to uh, straighten me out about that, or try to. They were not successful. Uh, <laughs> and the Lord prompted me. He asked me, I'm asking him, I, you know, you don't want to just take any statement and just say this is the truth. Where's the scripture? Right? If it's the word, you're going to see it right and left. And so the Lord asked me, he said, I don't mean to hurt a voice, but inside me, he said, where's the verse that says try the doctrine? And I immediately remembered there is a verse that says try the spirits. Why would that be so? Because nobody you know is perfect in doctrine. Did I lose somebody on that? Your favorite preacher? Nobody you know. Me? You? None of us are perfect in doctrine because of what we don't know. And because of what you don't know, you can assume some things wrong. But even if you're wrong in your head, what's the Lord looking at? Come on, help me out. He's looking at your heart. And beside this, if you got a right heart and you're ministering by the right spirit, how off is your doctrine going to be? If you're ministering by the right spirit, how off? Well, anyway, that's another subject. But does the Lord look at the hearts, what we're talking about? He's not, you know, all these other things. I'm not saying they're not important. I mean, I've been, a, I've been teaching the Word for decades. You think I don't think doctrine's important? Certainly I do. But I have enough understanding to realize I don't know everything. But if I keep my heart right, I said if I keep my heart right and stay teachable, the Lord will help me and he'll use me in spite of my lack of knowledge. Hallelujah. I know Brother Hagin said this one time. He, he, was, he wasn't using those, those words necessarily, but he was talking about this kind of an idea. He said he was in a service one time where a, a fellow preached. And talked about, I mean, it, he said it was a tearjerker, where that uh, Paul and his wife Silas and, and their little son Timothy was in the streets in a bad way. And Timothy was crying and things were so hard. And I mean, he, he just got it all mixed up and he gave an altar call and several grown men came to the altar and gave their heart to the Lord. That had not... <laughs> No doubt that hadn't been getting saved in regular services, you know. <laughs> well, what was probably right about that thing? The heart, the spirit of it was right, even though there were some glaring uh, <laughs> errors in doctrine. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. Go with me, please, to Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter. And I want us to look at something here. I got an answer today. And I am excited to share it with you. I can share it with you. Hallelujah. It's for you. 
Hallelujah. And me. You know, if you were here Monday night, uh, we began by talking about, I said, uh, you know, back 30 plus years ago, Phyllis and I heard for the first time that God is a God of abundance. And that if you'll sow seed in faith and believe Him, He'll do wonderful things for you. He'll give you a good car, give you a good house, give you good clothes. We had never heard anything like that. And we received it. We let it in. But immediately begin to see how hostile a lot of people are to that message. Including church people. Including preachers. There are a number of folks. I don't mean just a few. There's a lot of people in the body of Christ that are absolutely hostile against the so-called prosperity message. Have you found that out? We've gotten more ugly letters, more criticism, more persecution over that than any other thing in ministry. And we preach tongues, we preach healing, we preach miracles, right? And you hear some things about that once in a while, but it doesn't compare to what you hear about that. And as I would go, you know, month after month, year after year, it just seemed unreasonable to me. How angry people got over this. It just didn't seem natural. It didn't seem reasonable. And of course we saw with Cain and Abel. Cain got enraged against Abel. Over what? Over an offering. Over an offering. The first murder was over an offering. And yet you'll have some people try to tell you, oh offerings are not important. God don't care about that. He don't care about all that material thing. He used to. <laughs> when did it change? And uh, that, that kept coming to me. I just, it didn't. I've had people meet me out in the parking lot. So mad. I thought they were going, I really thought they were going to take a swing at me. Th- this one guy I'm thinking about right now, uh, he was mad because I kept using the word rich. <laughs> R-I-C-H. Rich. Rich. Is rich a Bible word? Is it in the Bible? God made Abraham rich. God gives us richly all things to enjoy. Somebody say rich. 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 But now if you want to make the devil and religious people mad, just say rich in connection with God. God and rich. Well, is God rich or is God poor? Is heaven a poor place? Are you sure? In my father's house are many efficiencies. Huh? In my father's house are many condos. Yeah, but now God's will for earth is radically different than his will in No, no. Then what, what is this big argument over? I got an answer today. Now we know the devil's behind it some way, right? I mean, nobody, now you think about this. In Paul's day, people financed their own way 
to follow him around and cause problems at his meetings. Didn't they? It's costing them substantial money. It costs money to travel then just like it does now. You got to get there. You got to have a place to stay. You got to eat. And why are you doing it? So you can stand outside the synagogue and heckle a preacher. You could be on vacation in the Bahamas. You could be on the beach in Florida. Come, Are y'all with me? And yet, you are shelling out money. How many understand? You've got to be crossed up in your thinking to do such a thing. You've got to be demonically inspired. It's what's got to happen. But why would the devil do this? Listen, saints. Anytime you see this much activity and this much opposition, you can know the devil is very concerned about something. He's very concerned about something coming through, something getting out, something people's eyes being open to truth and being enlightened. Anybody know what the Great Commission is? Mark 16, 15. What did Jesus say? What did he say, Mark 16, 15? Go ye, go. How many know when you say go, you're talking money? Did anybody go from your home and come here? For totally free. Didn't cost you a dime. Maybe somebody else paid it. But it cost something. Right? Go where? Into all the world. Now we need to remember this phrase. Where are we supposed to go? Into all the world. And do what? Preach. Proclaim. The good news. What is the good news? The good news is all about Jesus. Jesus took my sins and gave me his righteousness. Jesus took my infirmities, bore my sicknesses, and gave me healing. And he became poor. So I could be made rich. Is that right? Uh Uh-oh. Rich. Rich. Did he? Is that the gospel? Did Jesus become poor? Just like he became sick with my sicknesses and sin with my sin. Did he? Did he? Did he? Did he he go to the cross? Did he redeem us partially? Or did he not redeem us spirit and soul and body? Come on, did he redeem us completely? When he said it is finished, do you believe he covered it all? Did he cover it all? He covered it all. Don't tell me part of it was left out. And that's what we are to go into all the world and proclaim. That Jesus is your all in all. He's got you covered. Spirit, soul, and body. He's your savior. He's your healer. He's your provider. He's your protector. And that's the best news you ever heard. But there's not supposed to only be proclaiming of it. Read the rest of the passage. 
Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Keep reading. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that believes not will be damned. Keep going. These signs, somebody say signs, signs, signs. Are there supposed to be some evidence of what you're preaching? These signs will follow them that believe. My name, they'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. Keep going. Take up servants of the drink any deadly thing. It'll not hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. Is healing part, healing has to be part of the gospel because it's part of the signs. How can it be a sign of the gospel and it's not in the gospel? Somebody got that. Nineteen. So then after the Lord had spoken to him, he's received into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and did what? What are they preaching? What are they preaching? The gospel to who? To the world. And what happened? The Lord working with and confirming. Actually, the word them is added. Working with and confirming the word. With signs following. There is supposed to be evidence of what we preach in our lives. Now there's no, now listen, there's not pressure on us to produce it. A lot of folks have missed it in that. They feel condemned if they've got some symptoms in their body. And feel like I got to make this go away. We're not fighting against symptoms. We we camped on this for uh, recently. Your fight is not against flesh and blood, and symptoms are flesh and blood. It's a trick of the enemy to stay embroiled wrestling with symptoms. That's not your enemy. The enemy is the thought and the the imagination that comes to you and tells you. You're not healed and you won't be. Come on, are you listening? That tells you you can never be any better. This is hopeless. This is incurable. This is terminal. That's where your fight is that you say, none of these things move me. I am the healed of the Lord. And with long life, he'll satisfy me. Come on, are y'all listening? That's, your fight's not against your symptoms. It's against the thoughts, the lies, the deception. And the Lord confirms the word with signs following. Does he do it? Does he do it? If you preach the new birth. What are you going to have? New births. If you preach being filled with the spirit. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues. What are you going to have? What are you going to have? What are you going to have? If you preach healing. What are you going to have? If you preach prosperity. What are you going to have? If we don't have evidence of it. It's a problem. And this is what the enemy does not want anybody to see is evidence of it in our life. Why he fights it so hard and has convinced many ministers and believers to be ashamed of anything big or or a little more expensive that the Lord did for them and hide it and cover it when you ought not be ashamed of it at all. You didn't make that happen. I didn't make that happen. He did it through his people. We don't have to apologize for what he did. Make excuses for what he did. Backpedal. It's a sign. I said it's a sign. It's confirmation of the word. 
Just like healing, just like the new birth. Now, Ecclesiastes 9, are you Ecclesiastes 9? Ecclesiastes 9 and 13. Ecclesiastes 9, he said, This wisdom have I seen also unto the Son, and it seemed great to me. Keep going, next few verses. There was a little city, and few men within it. There came a great king against it, and besieged it, and built great bulwarks against it. There was found in it a poor wise man. Somebody say poor. 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 And he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no man remembered the same poor. Somebody say poor. Poor. He keeps emphasizing he's what? Poor. He's poor. Did he have some wisdom? His wisdom by God saved the city. That's right. So what's the problem with that? There is a problem. Read the next verse. Then I said, wisdom is better than strength. Wisdom can get you delivered when the army can't. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom, that's the third time he said poor, is what? The poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. That's right. Tell me the Great Commission. Tell me the Great Commission. Go into all the world and proclaim the good news to every created being. Does God want this message heard or not heard? The poor man's wisdom is despised. Someone said, that ain't right. It doesn't matter. That's how it is in this world that we're supposed to go into all the world. Can you begin to see why has the devil fought this, fought this tooth and now can you see this? Why? It has to do with the core of our call and being. And you hear preachers stand up in the pulpit and say, well, now, Jesus didn't have any of these big buildings. Jesus certainly didn't have any fancy car or or would have never had an airplane or or a boat. It's ridiculous. I want to say something to you. Are you holding on to your chair? Jesus didn't need to fulfill the Great Commission. I told you to brace yourself. The Lord gave that to me this afternoon. He gave that to us. And we need money to do it. Jesus, somebody said, we ought to be just like Jesus. Well, are you? He never left town. Stayed right in, in the local area. Only ministered to one group of people. Never got married. Never had kids. Are you like that? Went straight to the cross. Didn't live past 30 some years of age. Are you just like that? See, people got some things crossed up. We have a big, big job to do. We are to reach the world. We're talking about billions of people. We have an assignment to reach our generation. 
with the who else is going to do it? Who else is going to do this? We would not be having a meeting here tonight if not for millions of dollars of resources to get this building do all the things that had to be done with this. We wouldn't be ministering to different states and countries tonight without millions of dollars, right, for the, the TV and the internet. Does God want the message heard or not heard? Does he want it respected or despised? Then he doesn't just want it. If that's all you got, now that's all you got, believe to come up better. But you don't want to just be limited to some soiled notes in a wet paper sack and preaching to one person that's not being able to hear what you say because you don't have a sound system. Does he want this to reach to the north and the south and the east and the west? And does he want it presented with such excellence that people sit up and take note and go, look at this, look at this. What is this? What is this? This is a going concern. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. How can we do this without resources? We can't. Is God able to give us more than we need? Hallelujah. More than you need? Go to 1 Timothy, please. Are you getting warmed up? Because there's more to come. There's more to come. Are you getting warmed up? Mm, hallelujah. Hallelujah. There has been much more religious tradition that has hung on to us. I'm talking about people that call themselves word and faith people. People that say they believe in prosperity and abundance. There has been a lot of old junk, remnants of it that have clung to thinking. And the only thing, only way to get rid of it is with the Word of God. What will the truth do for you, saints? What will it? it will make you free. And it will unlimit, hallelujah, God in your life and in your ministry. Pastors, heads of ministries, does God want people to hear the Word in your area or not? Does He want it respected or despised? Come on. Respected. And the poor man's wisdom is despised. And you might say, well, that ain't right. That's the world. And we're sent to the world. The Lord knew how it would be. And it's not a matter... I'm trying to get ahead of myself here. Go to 1 Timothy 4. 1 Timothy 4 and 8. Bodily exercise, he said, profits little. Didn't say it doesn't profit. It profits little compared to this. But godliness is what? Why don't you say that word out loud? Profitable. Say it out loud. Profitable. Profitable. I want you to get more used to it. Profitable. 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 What does profitable mean? You made money. You didn't lose money. You had extra, not, not enough, not lack. Profitable unto all things. 
Read the rest of it. Having promise of the life that is right now. Right now. And of that which is to come. You've got millions of believers that think it, they say it's only profitable past this life. But it's profitable now. It's beneficial now. It's bountiful now. It's abundant now. And in the life to come. Hallelujah. Skip down to verse 12. He said, let no man despise your youth, but be an example of the believers. Somebody say an example of the believers. Believe in what? Okay, the word, but the gospel. Be an example. Do you believe the gospel? Yes. Then you should be saved then. You should walk in line with what you believe. Saved, healed, delivered, prosperous, protected, all signs of the word being confirmed in your life. Is that right? Should you have it? Should I have it? That's being an example of what? Of a believer. Example of a believer. And he goes on to talk about several different areas. In faith is part of them. But skip on down to verse 15. He says, meditate upon these things and give yourself wholly to them that what? That your what? Profiting may what? Appear to all. What does that mean? That your profiting may appear to all. Listen to some other translations. Young's literal says that your advancement may be manifest in all things. The, The BBE says so that you may, they all may see how you go forward. Complete English says so everyone can see how well you're doing. Are we supposed to hide how well we're doing? This is part of our witness. Huh? I said it's part of our witness. Mm -hmm. The devil has something he's very, very concerned about. Afraid of, if you will. And that is that people would look at us and want what we have. So, he has worked generation to generation to generation to rob and steal light and cause confusion, to rob the body of the light and evidence and fruit of healing and prosperity and deliverance and victory and those things. And not only that, to substitute it with goofiness and weirdness, distorted doctrines. Some uh, believers are making it entirely too easy for the world to despise us. They're just strange, and it's got nothing to do with God. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants the world to look at us and go, ooh, no. No. 
be broke and strange? No, thank you. <laughs> broke and strange? No, thank you. <laughs> broke and sick and suffering for Jesus? And confused and weird? No, no, thank you. I'm educated. I got better sense than that. I want to enjoy life. <laughs> Ooh, hallelujah. Where's my scripture at? <laughs> Titus, thank you. Second chapter. Somebody say that your profiting may appear to all. That everyone will see how well you're doing. How well you're doing. Glory to God. That everyone will see how well you're doing. In uh, Titus, the second chapter, and the ninth and tenth verse here, verse 9, Titus 2, 9. Exhort servants to be obedient to their masters and please them well in all things, not answering again, not being rebellious, not back-talking, keep going, not purloining, that's having light fingers, <laughs> stealing, but showing all good fidelity, that means trustworthiness in financial matters and with material things. Say it out loud. Trustworthiness. Trustworthiness. With money. money, Finances. finances, And material things. Why? That they may what? Adorn the doctrine of God. Our Savior in all things. Adorn. Doctrine means teaching. Adorn the teaching of of God. Does the teaching of God need to be adorned? Listen to some other translations. The complete Jewish says that they should demonstrate complete faithfulness always so that in every way they will make the teaching about God our deliverer more attractive. More attractive. Hallelujah. Somebody say more attractive, more attractive, more attractive. More attractive. Verse 11 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has what? Appeared to all men. We're not supposed to just go into our little cubbyhole local church and be weird amongst ourselves. (laughs) And everybody that sees us can't relate to us and what they see they don't like what they see and they see no reason to want to be what we are and do what we do it's not supposed to be that way I said it's not supposed to be that way because Romans 2 tells us the goodness of God it leads it draws men hallelujah to repent. What what draws them to repentance? What draws them to repentance? That's the answer I got today. I know you're not shouting as much about uh, it's going it's going to take me a few minutes to But the answer to this whole thing is the goodness of God. 
the goodness of God. I've had some questions about issues with the so-called prosperity message. Some folks that have disconnected with each other over, well, y'all have gone too far with that, and uh, all you talk about is money, and all you talk about stuff, and and uh, uh, y'all got quiet then. <laughs> I've uh, I've pondered it and looked at it and asked the Lord about it, and some things you knew, but I just knew a piece was missing. You know what the piece is? <laughs> the answer. To the whole thing. The answer to discerning error from truth. Good from bad. Come on are y'all with me? Is the goodness of God. It's all about the goodness of God. The so called prosperity message. It's about the goodness of God. Which is what the devil is so scared people will see. Because when they see it. When people get stripped away the goofy tradition of men and wrong ideas and they see how good he is, they will do just what you did and just what I did. They will run to him. Is that right? And they will receive him and believe him. Which is why the devil is fighting feverishly. To get people, the only thing they do is pound the pulpit and yell about judgment. Did you hear me? To get people to pound the pulpit and just speak derogatorily of anything that has to do with having your needs met or abundance or any material thing. Why? So that unbelievers, all the picture they have is judgment and a hard life. And if you get saved, your fun is over. Your fun is over. Your life is over. Yeah, maybe you'll be saved, Miss Hell, but it's going to be dry and spartan here, man. I mean, it's. <laughs> but it's a lie. Somebody say it's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Romans 2.4, put it up on the screen for us, please. Romans 2.4. He said, do you despise the riches of the goodness? Somebody say goodness. goodness. Did you notice that other word in there? Riches of his goodness. Come on, say it out loud. Riches of his goodness. Say it again. Riches of his goodness. Not just goodness. Riches of his goodness. Somebody say riches of his goodness. Riches of his goodness. Riches of his goodness. <laughs> Wrong spirits are quaking. They're thinking, oh no. Too late, too late, too late. We're going to see it. And we're going to know it. And we're going to show it. Show it. Somebody say, I am not ashamed of the gospel. And I am not ashamed of his goodness. 
<laughs> when, uh, when Moses, who had had fellowship with God beyond anybody in his generation on the planet, how many know the, when you begin to taste and see that the Lord is good and you begin to get some of him, you know what you want? More. <laughs> you want more? More, more, and please more, more. And do you remember when he cried out and said, God, show me your glory. Exodus 33, 18. He said, I beseech you. You think he's earnest about this? Show me your glory. Next verse, next verse. What does it say? What did the Lord say? The Lord say, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious, and show mercy to whom I'll show mercy. Yeah, but he didn't ask for, for goodness. <laughs> he asked to see the Lord's glory. And what did the Lord say? I'm going to show you all my goodness. Yeah, but he has to see his glory. The goodness of God is a manifestation of the glory of God. The goodness of God is a manifestation of the glory of God. I'm, I'm about to talk in tongues and run. <laughs> oh, I, I need to give you some more scripture. Come on. I want, I want you to open up your spirit. Just listen. Don't try to turn to these. Just listen. Just listen. Psalm 107, 8 and 9. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. With goodness. Goodness. If you're poor, what do you need? Goodness. If you're sick, what do you need? Goodness. Healing is good. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power went about doing good. Doing good. Doing good. Two-year-old, three-year-old can understand this. The devil is bad. God is good. Sickness is bad. Healing is good. Poverty and lack is bad. Abundance is good. What does the world need to see? Come on, help me out. What does what is the world desperate to see? They've heard religion. They've heard condemnation. Come on here with me. They've heard distorted confusion. Right? They've seen strangeness in churches. And none of that will draw them to God. It'll push them away further. But there is something. I said there is something that is so powerful 
Hallelujah. It'll draw them like the moth to the flame. It'll draw them to the light. Hallelujah. Tell me what it is, saints. It is His goodness. It is the riches of His goodness. Listen, the Bible said, Psalm 68:10, it says, Oh God, you have prepared of your goodness for the poor. Somebody say, for the poor. Jeremiah 31, 14, he says, I will satiate the soul of the priests with fatness, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness. Are you his people? Come on, somebody say, I will be satisfied. With his goodness. With his goodness. With his goodness. Psalm 27, 13 said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's here and now. That's here and now. (laughs) What do you do? When you feel like fainting and you don't know what to do, you get in faith and expect to see some goodness. Right here and now. Mm, Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Psalm 23, 5 said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup. My cup runneth over. Surely. 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 Goodness and mercy shall follow me when I get to heaven. (laughs) All the days of my life. And, that sounds like the New Testament. In this life and in the life to come. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Throughout the ages to come. He is going to reveal to us the exceeding riches. I don't know if that fellow's around that met me in the parking lot, but if he didn't get delivered, he wouldn't like this at all, would he? Riches of his grace. His goodness goes on and on forever. His goodness does not cease. And his goodness has a magnetic, that ain't the word, gravity pulling force on all created beings. And we need to quit focusing on all the other stuff and major on the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Every bit of progress you and I have made, every good thing, every bit of advancement we have made, it has been because we got a hold of some of the goodness of God. Is that right? And we received it and we've walked in it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Psalm 31, 16 said, make your face to shine on your servant. 17 says, let me not be ashamed, O Lord. And verse 19, he says, oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for them that fear you, which you have wrought for them that trust in you before the sons of men. The same term is referred to the windows of heaven. When the flood came, there were waters above the heavens that dumped out on the planet. (laughs) And God has in reserve goodness, fathomless goodness. Come on, are you listening? Goodness, the depth, hallelujah, the length, the breadth, and the height of which we cannot measure. Come on, are you listening to me? And it is over us. Hallelujah. And he has laid it up. He has laid it up. And for those who will believe it and reach up and open up, he pours out his goodness on our lives. And he wants other people to see this goodness. I said he wants other people to see it. To see it. Not to see you per se. And not to see your car per se and not to see your house per se we need to distinguish between rich in the world versus rich in God let me give you the next thing the Lord gave me this afternoon prosperity is not a witness of God unless It is a manifestation of his goodness. Just because you got a lot of stuff, that doesn't make it a witness. Emphasizing a bunch of money or an amount or a big thing or a building or an expensive car does not in and of and by itself glorify God. There's more than one way to get something. Just because you got some stuff, it doesn't mean God gave it to you. You could have lied and got it. You could have stole and got it. People in the world get stuff. It's not about stuff. And yet, God can bless you with a car. But if he did it, oh, come on, are y'all listening? If he did it, It's a manifestation of his goodness in your life. Come on. And that glorifies God. And that draws people to him. I know some years ago, Phyllis and I were believing for a vehicle. We needed one. Desperately, you might say. And uh, uh, we got one. And somebody asked me not long after we got They said, uh, Wow. Uh, you got a car? I'm going, yeah. He said, how'd you get it? I said, I believed for it. And uh, he said, well, that's great. And, and when uh, I walked away, something bothered me. Something scratched me on the inside. I thought, well, what was that about? I didn't discern it, but later on I was praying and came back up. The Lord brought it back up to me again. The conversation just replayed in my mind. He asked me, 
just your car. And I said, yeah. He said, how'd you get it? I said, I believed for it. I said, Lord, is there something wrong with that? Now, how many understand it's not just phraseology. What's the big deal? It's always about the heart. Always about the heart. And uh, what about the statement the Lord just gave us? It's not a witness of his unless it's what? A manifestation of his goodness in your life. I don't care how expensive it is. I don't make it a witness to God. And can you see, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit again, but this is the answer to what doctrine is right and what doctrine is not. This is the answer. This is it right here. It's not an emphasis on things. It's not an emphasis on money or houses. And yet, God will bless you with those things. And you and I need to be more interested in how God does it than in the thing. I like something I heard Brother Kenneth Copeland say one time years ago. I believe I'm quoting him right. If not, please correct me, sir. I I believe he said, if I can't get it with my faith... I don't want it in my house. Was that you, sir? If I can't get it with my faith, I don't want it in my house. I don't, I don't want it. Is that true? Is that a right way to think? Yes. You remember Abraham? Yes. When the kings, you know, they, uh, they, they had the victory and, and the king of Sodom came back and offered and said, look, you can, t- you can have all this stuff. Well, this was millions of dollars by today's standard. You can have all this stuff. Just let me have the people. What did he say? What did he say? I'm not taking a dime from you. I'm not taking a shoestring from you. Why? Was it because he didn't believe in in riches? No. What's the deal? He said, lest anybody say, you made me rich. Why? Because unless it's a manifestation of the goodness of God, it's not a witness to God. More important than the money, than the car, than the house is how it gets to you. How you get it. It's not what you have. It's how you get it. You can get some things wrong and it can be a reproach. It can bring a reproach on the ministry or your, or your witness. Oh, but when the Lord adds it to you. I said, when the Lord adds it to you, you can add it to yourself. Wrong time, wrong way, wrong means. And it'll be a yoke and a burden and an anchor. But when the Lord adds it to you, the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich and there is zero sorrow, grief, and trouble with it. It's just all blessing. It's just all good. And that kind of thing, you do not need to hide it. You do not need to cover it up. You need to let everybody see it. And why are you doing it? Not to show off on yourself. Not to talk about how expensive it is or how big it is. What do you want people to see? Come on in. What do you, you want people to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And the only way that can happen is if he really added it to you. He really did it. So I'm praying and the Lord said to me about that. I asked him, I said, Lord, is something wrong with that? I said, I believed for it. Is something wrong with that? 
And I don't mean I heard a voice, but inside me it began to come up. He just began to take me through it. He said, you said you believed for it. Yes, sir. He said, where'd you get the faith to believe for it? I said, well, it's your faith. It's a measure of your faith. He said, how'd you get it? I said, it came from your word. I got it from your word. He said, how'd you get that? I said, well, you, you anointed people to preach it and teach it. And, and I heard it and, and got it. He said, how'd you know you could sow a seed and believe for something? I said, you showed me. You, you taught me. And he said, and did it happen overnight? I said, no, sir. You know it didn't happen overnight. He said, were you tempted to get weary in well-doing and, and, and give up? I said, yes, sir, you know I was. He said, didn't I have people preach on things and stir you up and encourage you and build you back up (laughs) and keep you going? I said, yes, sir, you did. He said, and then when it came to pass, how did it come to pass? I said, well, you dealt with people and you had them give us money and you had them give us a deal. I'm beginning to get it by now. He He said, Keith, he said, it's my faith. It's my word. It's me sustaining you. It's my ministry gifts. It's me bringing you the money. It's me giving you the deal. And he said, and you didn't mention any of that. All you said is I believed for it. I said, yes, sir. I'm sorry. I will correct that immediately. And he said, son, this, and I don't mean, I didn't hear this. These thoughts just came to me and I saw it. That the man that I said I believed for it, he left impressed with my faith, which put him no closer to getting his need met or getting him any benefit. When I saw that, it almost made me want to throw up. I don't want him to see me. I don't want him to leave impressed with me. That's not going to help him. He said if you'd have told him that I did it. Not trying to be humble. Just the truth. Tell him what I did. Tell him about my goodness in your life. He wouldn't have left intimidated. He wouldn't have left impressed with you. He would have left inspired and impressed with me. And I'd do the same thing for him that I did for you. Because the goodness of God does that. It draws people up. Pulls them up. Didn't he say if I be lifted up I will draw all men under me. That's up. That's up. Somebody say up. 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 Say it out loud. It's not about money. It's not about cars. It's not about houses. It's not about jewelry. And it's not about me. Tell me what's it about? It's about the goodness of the Lord. Come on, somebody say the goodness of the Lord. The goodness of the Lord. The goodness of the Lord. The riches of His goodness in my life. People need to see it. They need to see it. They need to hear it. Hallelujah. Because when they know how good he is, they will be drawn to him. They'll be pulled to him. We're not weird. We're blessed. <laughs> Go with me to Ephesians 2. I'm thinking about 
wrapping up. Is this doing doing anything for you? I'm telling you this, man. When I when the Lord gave this to me this afternoon, it just to me it's an answer. It's a big answer of how to discern things. There have been some distortions of the so-called prosperity message. Too much emphasis on stuff. Too much emphasis on the money or the amount or how expensive it was or how big it was. That's not inspiring. That's intimidating. And yet people get in the ditch on the other side of the road and they say, oh, we don't want any of that and I don't want any of this old world's goods. We got a big job to do. We need mega resources to do it. Right? But yet, God manifests His goodness in this life, in our bodies, in healing. How many would acknowledge healing's a witness? Healing's a witness. How can it not be? Healing's a witness. See, somebody sees you and you were sick, 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 and then they see you and you're healed, healed, healed. Yeah. What do you say? You don't say, yep, I believed for it, buddy. I kicked that thing in the head and I, you better do like me. If you ever want to get blessed again, do not do that. Come on. What do you do? What do you do? You say... What happened to you? What happened to you? God is good to me. He's good. In spite of my imperfect knowledge, in spite of this and that, he got me through. He helped me. He met me where I was. And here I am. I'm a living, walking billboard of the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you want to be seen? Or do you want God to be seen? You want people to make a big deal out of you? Or do you want him to be glorified? Somebody say, Lord, get glory to yourself. In my life. In my body. In my finances. In our marriages. In our families. In our homes. In our businesses. In our churches. In our ministries. Help us to do everything in such a way that you would be the most seen, the most praised, the most glorified. Get glory to yourself in us. Hallelujah. Get glory to yourself in us, through us, by us. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2. Glory be to our good God. Thank you, faithful Father. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We're not just born again to sit tight till the trumpet sounds. God had a plan for us and and missions and a life for us 
before we were born again, before we knew it, it was already planned. Good things. Somebody say good things. Would these be manifestations of God's goodness? Good works. Good things. Manifestations of his goodness. Which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Read the Amplified on this one, please. We are God's own handiwork. His workmanship. Let, let me get you to rewind real quick back to Genesis. You don't, don't turn there, but just listen. Everything that God made, it was? Good. It was what? Good. Did he make you? Yes. Did he make you? Yes. Then you something good. Yes. He that finds a wife finds a good thing. good thing. How many know, ladies, your husband's a good thing too? Is that right? If God made it, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. We are his handiwork. You are a one of a kind masterpiece made by the one and only creator of the heavens and the earth. The value of your soul ceases forever. There was and always will be only one thing. In all time and eternity that was valuable enough to buy you. And that was and is the precious spotless blood of the Lamb. What a lie when the enemy tells you you're not worth anything. Would the creator pay such a price for you? And you're not worth anything? You're God's own handiwork. His workmanship. Recreated in Christ Jesus born anew. That we may do those good works. Somebody say good works. Which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. Paths that get brighter and brighter. That get, what what does Dave say? Gooderer and gooderer. The furtherer you go. We may do those good works that God predestined, planned beforehand, taking past which He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the the what the what the what the what good life, which God prearranged and made ready for us to live. What's, what's much of this country talking about, talking with their kids about, going to school, going to training, trying to, the American dream. Thank God for America. Thank God for this country. But you know what they really want? The good life. <laughs> the more correct term is the good life, and it's not just American. It's for anybody that will believe and receive the goodness of God. Hallelujah. (laughs) 
Just in this meeting right here this week, we have heard the goodness of God. We have seen the goodness of God. We have experienced the goodness of God. It's supposed to be that way every day of our lives. Is that right? Come on. Did you see this path? A path, a whole life that God, what did he say? I know the thoughts I think about you. I know the plans I got for you. What kind? What kind? Good. 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 Can you get happy about good in here? Good. 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 The goodness of God in the land of the living is an undeniable sign of the reality of God. Hallelujah. People can say what they want to. We, we had a fellow one time uh, working on our church there in Sarasota, and we had some things that we needed to, if, if, we, if we had to go in and tear them out and redo them, it's going to cost us a lot of money and it'd just be a waste. And we, we talked about, well, we, you know, we don't know that we should do that. And, and Phyllis got some things from the Lord and told him. And one guy said, well, if, if, that, if that happens, you, if, I've never seen that in all my years. He said, if that happens... You'll see me in that church over there. <laughs> and sure enough, hallelujah, what do you think? <laughs> he said, well, get me a seat, hallelujah. <laughs> what does he see? The goodness of the Lord. The good, when need after need is met, when the Lord takes care of you and favor and he heals your body and he heals your body, even though people may not want to admit it, people that work with you, people that live by, you don't have to just try to force feed, preach them. What do they need to see? They need to see the goodness of God in your life. And they just need to keep seeing it. We've had relatives in our family that didn't see it the way Phyllis and I believe. And thought we were nuts and went off the rails. And some of them, it took 10 years. Some of them, it took 15. Some of it took 20 years. But you know, they kept seeing how good God was to us. He did this for us. He gave us this. He added this to us. He gave us this. And sometimes year after year after year, people just come to the conclusion, something's going on there. <laughs> Something is happening there. And the thing is here, friend, it's not what's happening with Keith and Phyllis. The reality dawns on them. That's God. That's God. And God gets more real to them. And as he does, it just starts pulling them. Hallelujah. Toward him. <laughs> Stand on your feet, everybody. Stand on your feet. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, Lord, we give you glory. Lift up your hands. Let's give the Lord praise. Let's give the Lord thanks. Let's give the Lord glory. 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 Oh, let's give the Lord glory. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website 
at morelife.org.